Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your very lovely host, is about to compliment myself, Mackenzie Taylor. And today I sat down with our very own Ben Leavitt. We spoke all about the changes at Twitter and Instagram, how you can roll with those changes, and what it honestly could all possibly mean for the future of social media with all of these changes. So this is a fun one. This is just a very casual conversation between me and Ben, and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Talk Social to me, Ben. I'm excited to be here. So for those who obviously don't know you, and if they don't, that that's pretty rude of them, I must say. But for those who don't know, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Absolutely. Well, for anyone who doesn't know me, and my name is Ben Levitt, and I am a social media strategist. So basically every day, I work both for Flick as well as for myself, doing everything I can to know all the opportunities that are out there for social or on social to help creators, social media managers, and entrepreneurs better leverage social to reach their target audience and grow their business. Amazing. And today I brought you on because I think you're probably one of the best people to talk about everything that's going on with Twitter at the moment with, I would say, pesky Elon Musk, but I got some bad um, feedback on my last newsletter when I called him pesky. Yeah, he has a very, very loyal following. And so if you question anything that King Elon does, they definitely bite back. (laughs) Yeah, I got some questionable emails. And you know what? I've learned my lesson now. Really? Dang. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) But I mean, I think it was that kind of relates to that reel that we posted a while ago where it was like when you post something that's a little controversial. Mm -hmm. People get up in arms and and you really see how much time or how invested, I guess, rather people are in things that you wouldn't have guessed and because they they definitely let you hear it. But yeah, no, the whole Elon thing is fascinating and I'm excited to talk about that today because there's so many angles to it. So first of all, if anybody doesn't know, and I'm sure you're living under a rock if you haven't figured this out, but obviously Elon just bought Twitter. To me, it's bonkers that, I mean, he's basically making a public company now private and as somebody who has actually invested in Twitter a long time ago, I don't know wow. what that means for my stocks. <laughs> <laughs> Probably good things, to like, be honest. <laughs> like, do I get bought out? Like, what happens there? But it's from what I've been reading on, like, in the news and everything, like, what does this actually mean for Twitter? What do you think this is? What do you think the future of Twitter is going to be with? once the entire transition happens. Yeah, it's fascinating because I think Twitter is probably the most slept on platform out there because I still, I probably use Twitter the most out of any social media platform from a consumption standpoint. I, I think very much given to like our profession, but I, you can learn on there and, and it's such a high like product threshold because everybody's on there and people who you could, there's no way they would reply to a DM on like any other platform or even likely an email, they'll probably respond to a tweet. So I think the community element of it is fantastic. And if this is enough buzz to get more people there and and more consumers there, because I think the the one problem they have is that there's so many people like you and I, like more creator driven, which is fantastic for networking and learning from other people. But in terms of audience development, I think there's a huge opportunity for that to improve. And if Elon can do that and maintain like, freedom of speech, which is obviously a, a big core focus here, then, I, and then I'm then i for it. I, obviously, time will tell, but it is definitely very, very interesting. Yeah. And now that there's like there's news that came out today, I believe, or yesterday, where he's now talking about making corporations and governments entities like congressmen and the president, which I would think is totally bonkers. To actually pay a fee to be on the platform. Yeah, it's definitely a fascinating angle because 
like usually the creators are what drives platforms and that's in turn how they make money is because fleshing out the content that people want and then there's charging ad over top of it. But with Twitter, like their fundamental problem for since they've existed has been the whole monetization piece. That's something that they haven't been able to get right. And I think that if they still allow you to have true freedom of speech, which is slowly getting like advertising opportunities on other platforms are continuing to get more and more restricted in terms of what you can advertise and, and even what they'll push from an organic perspective too. So if he keeps that open as a communication platform and the audience grows, I could see that actually making sense. If the organic reach stays high for these people who are trying to spread their message and get in front of the right people, it's definitely a totally yeah. unorthodox approach to it, but he kind of has the authority and the leverage to do that. I'm curious if he would make Twitter an app that you would actually have to pay mm. for further on down the line. So maybe just like a small percentage at the beginning. And then if you want to unlock other opportunities or other spaces, you would pay just like a higher percentage. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to evolve monetization because he's very much been like a long-term thinker with everything, including Tesla. Like a lot of people view Tesla as just a motor company or I guess electric cars company, but it's really a data company. That's what a lot of people don't understand is that how long he's been taking this play. So like a lot of people focus over the self-driving things and like, oh, this is so cool. That's collecting data for, for them to then use for future decisions and a multitude of other business functions. So I'm sure he'll take the similar mindset to Twitter and probably incorporate some long-term potential things like you just mentioned. But Twitter actually just recently launched out the, the ability to, I think it's called, is it called a super follow? I think that's what it is where you can subscribe for exclusive content. So maybe... It'll be interesting to see how many ways they can squeeze some money out of this thing because they've never been good at doing that. Well, and they were also recently announced that the TweetDeck, so if you're not a Twitter user, TweetDeck is something that you can use, which is free on their platform that lets you schedule tweets mm -hmm. in advance. And there recently was some murmurs that they were going to make that um, a paid part of mm -hmm. Twitter. I think that would have been kind of a loss for them because so many people do use that free component of Twitter. They also have Twitter Spaces. They have Twitter Blue, I believe that's what it's called, where you can be a subscriber and you can have exclusive content on mm. Twitter. Yeah, so they're trying to definitely have areas where they're making money, but I just don't, like you said, I just don't think that they found that thing yet. I think that when we look back on two to five years, Twitter will have the most rapid change out of any other platform in the same time span. So I'm really curious to see how we can yeah. do that and, and build off of what's good and make it more applicable to the masses. I honestly, I once it happened, I was just shell-shocked because I was thinking, there's no way they're going to tell this guy to eat sand and we're taking Twitter back and it's just going to be our company. And I mean, he would have made an incredible amount of money from doing that because the stock prices went up so high. But I have no idea what they're going to do with the platform anymore. People keep saying that they're going off the platform and hoping to get a new platform. And now, and I don't, I honestly don't know if this is true because I actually haven't looked into it, but there were people talking about how there's more and more people being blocked on Twitter currently and being people being taken off Twitter because of this new person who owns it. And yeah, I'm just finding it very interesting just how immediate people's reactions I were. I haven't heard it. anything about that. That's crazy because that, that was kind of the whole reason or the main thesis why I thought he was buying it was to stop that from yeah. happening. Was there a specific kind of person that it was happening to? There were a couple tweets that were going around that were spir spiraling on different platforms. I'll have to see if I yeah. can find one of them. But 
yeah, they were talking about how people were just being pushed off the platform, that people were being blocked. Apparently he blocked his ex Grimes or like wow. took her down from That's Twitter. Petty move. Which I was like, you know what? Fair enough. I would take all my exes <laughs> off there too. I was going to say, he, he, he paid for that. He paid a hefty fee. Is Trump's banned from Twitter, right? So I wonder if he'll be allowed back on. Yeah, he's supposed to be. That's I think that was a big reason why Elon wow. was pushing because of the whole political, like everybody has different political ideas and that's completely amazing. And that's what makes the world go round. So I think that was a big reason why he was like, you know what, like Twitter can be a really great company and could be a really good piece of social media. But yeah, definitely felt like freedom of speech wasn't happening on the platform. That's such an issue with all these platforms, especially because of how algorithm driven they all are. Yes. Confirmation bias is a very common thing. And if anyone hasn't heard that principle, it basically just means that we subconsciously seek out things that validate how we already think or what we believe in. That's like, that's why there's such division is because these algorithms know to feed people yeah. who are on the right, right wing things, which just re deep down, they just dig deeper and the same with the left. So it just creates this kind of very, very polarizing division. Yeah. I mean, I kind of tried to start engaging with content that might be different from my own viewpoint. And it's took me so long <laughs> to find it because my algorithm is so focused on what I think and what I believe. And I was like, man, what if I don't believe this? What if I'm thinking wrong and I'm only thinking this because yeah, of a certain algorithm? That's probably one of the most problematic things when it comes to social that's not widely talked about or understood. Because obviously we we kind of have a, yeah. a brief understanding of it because we work in the industry and, and all that stuff. But the average user would have no clue. And that's a major problem because they're just going to keep seeing what they believe. And they're going to be like, yeah, I'm right. And then it's just going to further yeah. go down and down and down and, and just build stronger and stronger. Absolutely. So if, if, if Elon can somehow make that less severe, then that's a pro. I don't know how you view your Twitter timeline. I view it as just content that I don't view it in do um, chronological order. I just view it with how people like things. And so I see so much content coming in and it would be interesting to see if we can view other people's things that other people like. So maybe people we disagree with or people that, I don't know, it'd just be interesting just to see what we can get out of this feed. That'd be a really cool feature if, if essentially they knew that you were really deep into one side and they said, we think you should see this or, or maybe like not even that you like it, but we think that you should see it. I think that would actually be good for engagement too, because it's probably going to spark a lot of conversation. hundred percent. Yeah. People like that engagement, the reach would just be out of control. If you're seeing content that's completely different from your current point of view. Yeah. People love to state their opinions, to talk about themselves and also <laughs> to try to prove people wrong. So that could essentially achieve all of those things. And I think the net outcome would be somewhat positive if it comes to kind of more of a level-headed stance to things, but Hey, it'll be exciting to follow along with Twitter. And that's probably the first time that you can say that in quite a few years. Yeah. Obviously it had a ton of steam back then and was massive, but since then, since they bought Vine, like there's been a lot of things that have not gone Twitter's way. And it's kind of become like the cool hipster kid no. in the social media world where there's like those that know, know, you know what I mean? But it's like the masses, no one even thinks yeah. of Twitter. Like when I talk about social, <laughs> I never even to the mainstream consumer or even mainstream creator, no one really goes to Twitter. It's very, very like a small subset of, of uh, people that, that should be on there. Yeah. I mean, I go on there because I love seeing the different threads that people do. They're like, hey, these are the top 10 things that I learned as a creator so this good. week. And I mean, obviously, Instagram and TikTok, they're stealing content so from Twitter much. all the time. So much. so much. And I'm just like, how are you guys go like 
sharing this on Instagram and people just don't ever think about Twitter. Like you're seeing a tweet. <laughs> I think what it is, is that it's just our, our dopamine thresholds are so high and images are just, or videos are always going to be more appealing. And also they're like, they're less effort. So people can dictate like, oh, this is a pretty picture, pretty picture, pretty picture. And then if it's pretty enough, they'll read the text, which requires a little bit of mental expenditure. Whereas over on Twitter, it can be a little more of a higher barrier to entry because you actually have to read. And people don't, a lot of people don't like that. That's very true. Going off of this is actually kind of reminds me of something that Instagram announced recently with original content and with Twitter, like people stealing tweets and putting them on Instagram. I wonder if Instagram would consider that original content or not. That is a very good point. And that, 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 that's actually crazy to see. And that is a massive shift that I think was necessary for Instagram. But yes. like, there's so many massive brands that have been built off of this whole like moderator point of view where they just moderated content. So it's definitely pro for the, the creators out there. I'm curious, and I don't know if you've noticed this at all on your like own um, account, but at Flick, we have shared content from other creators and we have always credited them. But have you noticed anything for yourself where your reach has gone down with all the different algorithm changes, with all the different releases? Now they're talking about making everything on Instagram, similar to mm -hmm. TikTok, where all the images are larger and you have like a larger feed. Have you noticed your engagement going down, your reach going down on Instagram? So when it comes to static images or like with the exception of maybe some quotes, but they'd have to really resonate yeah. with a pretty broad audience. But for any sort of value-driven static content does absolutely, like I've noticed it does terrible, like yeah. God awful. Like video is such a priority for them and I think specifically reels. And one thing that I have noticed that's actually been awesome is that occasionally if you keep posting reels, some of the old ones will randomly get a spike of traffic too. So that's a huge win for creators in terms of improving the content lifespan on Instagram because that's something that was probably the biggest drawback to IG for the past few years was you put all this effort in something and if it flops, it's flopped forever and you just wasted a ton of time. Yeah, it's interesting just to see how quickly people are now switching pretty yeah. much all over their content to videos. So there's a bunch of meme accounts that I follow and all of their static mm -hmm. images are now like short little videos because they're just trying to get that reach again. And I will never ever say that Instagram's dead, but I have been hating the fact that anytime new like new features are released or anything slightly tweaks on the platform we've noticed on like flick we have benchmarks where we can kind of track how engagement and reach and everything's doing across the entire instagram and anytime there's some slight change the reach engagement everything just goes down dramatically yeah it seems like whenever they try something out they like forget what else they like and then it's like they definitely over over correct and at least people scratching their heads but i remember the earlier days on instagram and that's how really how i got started was theme pages and fans of that nature there was like so many communities of, of figuring ways to hack the algorithm because it wasn't that sophisticated so i think maybe that's still the problem where they're still learning upon their previous learning and maybe they'll get to a point where things don't collapse from one change but it does seem that way where they'll make one tweak and then it's like such a huge focus and you see it everywhere. Yeah. And I think I've noticed a lot of people, creators, a lot of biz small businesses, especially are feeling really frustrated and really down because they're not getting the engagement they yes. once had before. 
and they're doing hashtag strategies, they're doing reels, they're doing this, that, and the other. And anytime there's just like a little slight change, it's just like, well, shit, what are we going to do now? We've done all that we were told to do and it's not helping. There, I think the first one is that Instagram does a a brutal job of educating people on what they want. They're getting, they're getting better at it, but I think the problem is they change what they want so often. So people can't keep up with information of in terms of what they should be doing. And I also think that with video being such a heavy focus, brands were pretty rigid in terms of their creation. And they loved the fact that they could just post a photo and, and made a ton of sales. And those days of being spoiled like that are gone. Like you have to be far more creative to win there. And it's, a lot of people were building their entire business off of the back of Instagram, which is still totally doable today, but you have to be far more engaged, consistent, and creative to get the same levels of success that you could previously get with just a pretty picture. And I think that yeah. that really frustrates a lot of people, but like, that's kind of a, like, we're lucky to even have this problem because back in the old days, like how would you reach customers, right? Like it wasn't a, a thing, even like the old days, like 15 years ago, you couldn't even, yeah. yeah, like you couldn't even <laughs> communicate with anyone. So the fact that if you were to go to a marketer or a business owner 15 years ago and say, you can just post a picture and you're going to make potentially sales, like they'd be like, sign me up. You know what I mean? So right. we have right. an embarrassment of riches and opportunities and that's why people, or we all complain. Yeah, that's such a good point. Speaking of all the changes on Instagram and people being upset and annoyed and just, I mean, rightly so, as they should, because same. Will you talk about the video you did on TikTok with Instagram collaborating with a certain person? Yeah, absolutely. So, and this one's, this is funny and was speak, this kind of relates to even what we were talking about with Twitter and, and politics and who knows yeah, how yeah. we got here, but we're here. And so <laughs> uh, uh, all I did was reported, I just act as news reporter and we were over on TikTok with Flix TikTok. So if you're not following us there yet, that's a, a little, that's not so subtle. So go follow, follow us. us there. Exactly. But um, so w- what happened was that Instagram is partnering a lot more with creators, specifically through their creators account. And they're actually obviously paying creators to make content on their behalf, to communicate messages, updates, things of that nature. And one particular creator that they partnered with and obviously paid was a huge, huge head scratcher. And so for anybody in the social world at this point, if you consume TikTok content, you've probably heard of this guy. His name's JT Barnett. He makes awesome content. He's a great mind in the social media space. But one of the core things he's known for is roasting Instagram. Like he, he makes content piece after content piece saying like Instagram is not it. You should not be on Instagram anymore. Like Instagram's not the place. And then they paid him to make content. It's on. Oh, like it's, it's it's like part of his vibe. Like he literally, like the funniest one that I've seen, and it was kind of funny. It was this trend where they're like, I'm on a noble quest. And then they say what they're trying to do. And he's like, he's like typing super fast. He's like, I'm on a noble quest to see what people yeah. see, still see on Instagram. And I was like, that's kind of funny. I, I don't agree with the sentiment, but it's definitely funny. And <laughs> yeah, so it was just such a strange decision in terms of who they gave money to when part of his shtick is roasting Instagram. And so I made a TikTok literally just basically saying this happened. What are your thoughts on it? And people got pissed. People were so angry on both sides. People were like, he's a sellout. And then other people were like, JT's the best. I was like, whoa, I didn't say either of those things, but people have opinions. So I think that's one thing we can dive deeper into. But the quick takeaway there is if you talk about anything controversial whatsoever, you're going to probably get engagement and you don't even need to pick aside like realistically like people people picked the side for us and it was whatever aligned with their opinion so if they thought we were bagging on jt they're like yeah jt is is a sellout and then if they thought we liked jt they're like jt's the man i was like 
I like JT. Yeah. <laughs> to clarify, we do love JT. And I actually made a video just sit back saying, no, man, we think he's great. We just didn't pay him was a little strange, but that's it. And uh, obviously you've been seeing the, the yeah. feedback that uh, post got. What were you two, two cents on that? I just thought it was so funny just how people just are so quick to react. And I mean, we talk about it on Twitter, like people just always have to have an opinion and they need to shout their opinion anywhere and everywhere that people want to like, they can have one, which fair enough. Like we all have them, but okay. <laughs> what I was shocked by is that this was universal. Like there were some massive creators that chimed in and I just remember thinking like, wow, <laughs> like that just goes to show you that people really do love to share their opinion. And I guess that's why social media is so polarizing because it gives everyone an outlet to do that. Didn't someone see you on there where they were like talking about, I don't know, they did like a little small clip of something on from that video. So we got stitched a bunch of times and in different ways. And, but the one that I found the most interesting, this guy, uh, his first name's John. I can't remember his last name, but he is very well versed in the social media space. He used to be the head of product at Instagram and then the head of product at YouTube. So I, I go through and I explain what happened. And then at the very end, I just say, it gets even weirder than this. Instagram told people to go over to TikTok and follow them there, which I was just like, it doesn't make sense. That's like a counterintuitive business decision. Obviously I see what they're doing, but it's definitely strange and it just ties into how strange this whole thing is. He then stitched just the part at the very end where I said, go follow him on TikTok. And he's like, this isn't a stupid move. It's a good move. And I was like, I didn't say it was a stupid move, man, but he shaped the entire narrative of his video around that. And that's also speaks to like what you have to dig a little deeper than just the content. Because luckily I will say TikTok's actually pretty good at this. They have a ton of detectives out there because he got a ton of people who were actually calling him out saying that's not even what the video was about, which I thought was really, really cool. That's wild. Yeah, it was so much happened. I I posted that not thinking anything of it. I thought it would travel because it is somewhat polarizing, but I did not yeah. think it would get people so fired up. Yeah, that's like our most viral post because people like again, like you said, we talked about this and we're going to keep just honing in on this fact. You can be controversial on all platforms and you're going to get engagement. <laughs> Yeah, and I actually made a TikTok about this last night that I haven't posted yet, but the fastest way to grow really quickly is to be controversial. And realistically, if you pick a side, yeah, that's the fastest way to get people to ride with you. You're going to alienate the people that disagree with you right. for the most part, but it's the fastest way to get loyal people with you fast because so many people try to ride the fence and that that, that usually means they attract to no one yeah. because people are usually pretty passionate about specific things. So if you align with them, they're probably going to align with you. So obviously pros and cons there, but controversy definitely sells. And my favorite testament to that is a uh, port Dave Portnoy, a barstool. He's a king of that. Yes. Yeah, he is. The whole thing. I, like I said, it's just so wild to me that that post just went off the charts because people just wanted to be like, you're wrong. No, wait, you're right. I hate you. No, you're the best. <laughs> It was split almost right down the middle. And I think like that is for anybody who's af afraid of putting themselves out there because they're, they're worried about people not liking them. Chances are, if you have any opinion at all, half the other people are going to have opposing ones. So it doesn't like that should never be what stops you because it's truly inevitable. And if you're starting to see the other side, that's pretty awesome because it means that your content's getting pushed to people. So that's like, I view hate or this people disagreeing with me as a positive thing because it means people are seeing my content. Oh, I love that. I am the opposite where I'm a people pleaser and I just want everybody to love me. So I'm trying to push past that. 
I used to be really bad with it on YouTube where I used to reply to every troll because <laughs> I'm definitely like a uh, people with maybe, maybe the word is argumentative, but I love to have discussion and I love to get to the root of, of the answer of things. And so it's a dangerous game to play online because there's some wild opinions and I used to entertain every troll on YouTube, but now I've kind of chilled a little bit, uh, but every once in a while, it's a great way to stir up some engagement and also kill a few minutes to to, to, to go back. But uh, yeah, it's, it's all fun. You can't get too attached to it. And I don't because at the end of the day, like the only people that matter are the people that, that matter. And this stuff online is, it's, it is what it is. You can't get too attached to it. No. So that is the name of the game. Don't get too attached. Post controversial stuff online. You'll get a lot of engagement. And Elon Musk is taking over the world. Elon, I'm excited. I, I'm an Elon fan to a degree in terms of what he's accomplished. But this Twitter thing, now he's coming to our realm. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, how he changes our lives. We'll see what happens when he takes over all of social media. Because I'm sure one day he might try to get Mark Zuckerberg and anything that Mark Zuckerberg's doing. But who knows? We'll see what happens. But yeah, thanks for coming on and joining me today. Of course, of course. You definitely uh, look forward to doing it again soon and, and seeing what, what Elon does. Yeah, he'll be. I'm telling you, he's, I mean, we already know he's already taking over the world. It's fine. He's definitely doing some things. <laughs> I'll give yeah. you that. <laughs> and I'm sure me saying all this will be controversial. And I hope that this podcast goes off because of my controversy with Elon Musk. Hey, I, I can see it now. Beef with <laughs> Elon versus Mackenzie. I'm just going to call this podcast episode, I Hate Elon Musk. Now that'll get some travel. Perfect. Done. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please rate and review us. I love a good five-star rating and it would mean so much to me. Also, be sure to follow us over on Instagram at flick.hashtags. And we are also on TikTok at flick.social. And if you're not totally sick of me, and I mean, I don't blame you if you are, subscribe to our newsletter, Talk Social to Me. The link is in the show notes and I will catch you next time.